and welcome to the Lazy Parenting Podcast, hosted by me, Stephanie Kennedy, the self-proclaimed OG Lazy Parent. Every week, we're going to dive deep into the concept and methodology of Lazy Parenting, and I'll share all of my tips and tricks and strategies to help support you in this crazy journey of parenting that we are all on. So listen in, implement the strategies, and watch as your children become more independent, more capable, more self-reliant in all of their things. You'll be amazed as you watch their confidence grow, and they become happy, joyful, kind, empathetic, young adults ready to head off on their own, living their true purpose. Sounds exciting, right? So let's go. Let's all become lazy parents. Well, here we are. It is Monday, March 23rd, 2020, and we are now deep into the COVID-19 pandemic self-isolation. Since last week, things have definitely escalated. Not all people have been taking this pandemic seriously, and so therefore, governments have had to impose stricter regulations and rules around what the word self-isolation means. Unfortunately, there are still people in our community who do not follow the guidelines outlined by the health minister, by the Prime Minister of Canada. If you're in the States, people not following this idea of self-isolation and that no, it doesn't mean you get to go for dinner with your family on Sunday. And no, your children don't get to go on play dates. And no, your child, teenager, does not get to go and hang out with their girlfriend or boyfriend. Those are probably the biggest parts of this that people just don't seem to be understanding is this idea around self-isolation. And so here in our family, we've been self-isolating for, oh my gosh, I would say 10 days now. My daughter came home recently from a trip, a school trip to Costa Rica, and so she hasn't left the house yet, and she won't get to leave the house for 14 days. And she's only around us. There is no friends. There is no hanging out. There is really nothing for any of us to be doing. We literally stay home almost 24 hours a day. Today, I didn't leave my house. And so that's what life looks like right now for us. Life is looking like waking up, hanging out all day, and then going to bed. (laughs) And so last week's episode, I gave some strategies or my number one idea on how parents are going to get through this time because schools have been closed. There is no foreseeable opening to schools. Now, since last week's episode, there is some clarification around what that may look like. And again, more clarification is going to come in the coming weeks. But teachers are going to go back to work. And so kids are going to get some directions, some teaching, some working with their schools on how they're going to get their work completed, how they're going to either finish their high school year, if they're in elementary school, what projects they're going to work on, what exactly that's all going to look like is still way up in the air. We don't know. But there is going to be an educational component. There is a bazillion teachers out there who don't want to lose their job and who are going to, in some capacity, be going back to work and therefore reaching out to our children and guiding them and helping them through this next few months until the end of the school year. Today, I'm going to share my top revelations from this whole pandemic and what self-isolation has meant for us and our family and how we have been managing to get through it. 
because for us and for me, it hasn't really been that big of an adjustment. Now I get it. I'm mostly a stay-at-home working mom. I own two businesses, but those businesses are really flexible. They allow me to be home all day if I want and work off my laptop. They have allowed me to go to my kids' school and go see their plays and go help in the classroom and all of that. Again, I designed my life in such a way that that which was important to me, which was spending time with my kids, being around them as they were growing up, and I'm now getting the payoff of that. So being home all day, not that big of a deal to me. It is really what I do. And to be honest, I'm actually busier now because of this whole pandemic and the effect it has had on my businesses. No longer can I go to the gym and coach classes, nor can my coaches coach classes. And so I've had to design a whole new curriculum, a whole new virtual online class offering, teaching tumbling and ninja and trampoline and cheerleading on virtual classes, which is a whole nother thing. So I'm busy. Like tomorrow, I have stuff every hour on the hour from 8 a.m. to 7 p.m. Meetings and classes and all of that. My days are actually busier than they were before in this next little while while I adjust to what's going to be my new normal for the next couple of months probably. For my kids, it's a little bit different. They do have a lot more downtime. However, it is only the second week of spring break and they like to keep reminding me of that. So last week's episode when I talked about how important a schedule is and how important it is going to be for you to maintain your sanity is only now just starting to play its part in our family. Our kids really did take that first week of spring break to just chill, to just watch Netflix, to just watch TV, to jump on the trampoline, to do whatever they wanted, chill and relax. Now that the novelty of that is slowly wearing off, I mean, you can only play video games for so long or watch Netflix for so long, although I am surprised it is much longer than I thought it would be, they are starting to understand that they need stuff to do. Now hear me when I say I get it. I get that each of us is going to have our own experience through this whole mess of a world that we're living in right now. There's those of you who are extreme extroverts or who work all day that being home all day with your children or cooped up in your four walls of your house is driving you nuts. I get that. I get that there's those of you like me who, you know, I can handle it for a little while. Sure, I'm going to miss going out a little bit, but I'm good. And then there's those of you who like, this is your sweet spot. You love just being home and getting the things done that you haven't had time to in the past. What my main message today is going to be is that regardless of what your experience through all of this is, is that number one, we have to give ourselves some grace and we have to give ourselves some permission to not be perfect through this experience. Whatever you think perfect, and I'm giving quotations here, whatever you think the perfect mom or the perfect dad would be doing during this time. It's really, really important that you don't put yourself up against anybody else. And the problem with this is, is that because we're cooped up inside, all we're looking at is social media. That's all we have as our link to the outside world. And I know that I have gone through different stages as we've gone through this whole last week. The stage of just watching and consuming everything on social media about this virus and about what it was doing. And it 
drove me insane. It made me sad. It made me mad. It made me stressed out. My anxiety was rising and rising through the roof until I realized I have to turn it off. It wasn't healthy for me. It was just making me dig myself deeper and deeper into this pit of like being all by myself and just not wanting to come out because that's my coping mechanism is just to shut down and not deal with things. And it took a spark of, you know, me realizing, nope, I need to get out of this. And it took actually a friend on social media who I listened to and I um, is one of my coaches, my business coaches and watching that, that kind of snapped me out of it and got me motivated and back on track to No, I'm not just going to sit back and watch this virus and watch this pandemic ruin my business and, you know, affect my life in a negative way. I'm going to make changes and I'm going to step out in front of it and do what I can and change my mindset. And so I was able to come out of that part. But if you find you're still in that deep darkness, my number one piece of encouragement would be that you have to step out of the darkness. You have to walk towards the light. You need to watch what you're consuming on social media and stop following the people who are doomsday and who are complaining and who are the dark, deep, disturbed people that you have access to on social media and try to find the people who you enjoy following, who make you laugh, who are joyful, who are telling you to get up every day, get your workout in and get your schedule on because those are the people who are going to help you get through this next part. And so that's number one. Number one is to watch what you've been consuming. And I get it. We're all going to go through those steps at various points. But if you are still, because we're a week in, if you are still in that dark, complaining, fearful place about where we're at and what's to come, I really, really encourage you that you have to stop. You have to stop consuming the media. Stop consuming the negativity. Stop consuming the fear mongers that are out there and find the light. Find the people who are the light that you can be drawn to and that you can surround yourself with and that you can find joy and happiness. See the possibilities and be grateful for the things that you have rather than be negative about the things that are going wrong. Because sure, your kids are going to drive you nuts. Sure, you're going to be cooped up inside your house. Like sure, I can find a whole bunch of things that are negative about this situation, but I can also choose how I'm going to react and choose what I am going to focus on. And that's what I am doing. And so if you follow me on social media, you know that one of the ways that I have found joy is through TikTok. (laughs) That is my creative outlet. And so I am embracing it. And yes, it takes time that I could be doing something else, but it brings me joy. It brings me happiness. It makes me laugh. And it allows me to have a creative outlet that I'm not getting in any other way right now. So find whatever it is for you that you can grab onto that brings you joy, whether it's baking, whether it's cooking, whether it's sewing, whether it's cleaning and rearranging all of the closets in your house, whether it is doubling down on your fitness and like working out and being crazy about that, whatever it is, you need to find it and grab onto it and stay on course with that thing and surround yourself with people who support you in that endeavor. Okay, so that's number one. 
Number two, I think it's really important that we, over the next couple of months or however long we're in this place with this pandemic going on, is to embrace what our new normal is going to look like. And that normal isn't going to be what we thought it was going to be three weeks ago. The normal of getting through a day-to-day time being home with your kids isn't something that someone else can tell you what you should or shouldn't do. It's likely very different than what you would have thought it was going to be three weeks ago had someone told you, you know, you were going to, school would be canceled and you'd have to spend all day with your kids. What I'm going to say is you need to find a schedule or you need to find a system that works for you and your family. Now, yes, there are obviously some healthy limits and unhealthy limits about things. So that's what I want to talk about a little bit right now. While I am not one to tell you what you should or shouldn't do with your family, no one is, I do think that there is some really important boundaries that we all probably should put within our families. And number one of those is exercise. Our kids are now cooped up inside and can't go to any of their sports that they normally would have gone to. They're not at school, so they're not getting a recess or a lunch. That means we as their parents have to find ways to keep them active. And that is going to be huge. The reason why I think this is such a key point in this next couple of months is because we know that when we're physically active, when we're getting movement and we're getting good hormones rushing through our body, we're happier people, we're easier going, we're more joyful, we're more able to see the good in the things around us. We have more patience. All of these things go for our kids as well. If our kids aren't getting any exercise and aren't active, they are going to get grumpy. They're going to get hard to parent and they're hard to parent already. So you're now just letting them get harder to parent. And then that's going to be a really bad cycle that you get yourself into. And now I get it. Like, how do you get your kids to have exercise when you're stuck inside the house all the time? Well, there are some really interesting things available out there. Because all of these sports teams can't run regular programming, there are lots of virtual options. Even gyms. Like, I have a friend who belongs to a CrossFit gym. The CrossFit gym is posting videos daily on their Instagram. They've let people borrow the equipment to take home. They're posting videos every day. They're hosting challenges for points that you can, you know, win a prize at the end. There are so many good people out there that understand how important this piece is that they're putting together really great resources for us as parents, for ourselves, for our own fitness, but also for our children. My kids downloaded a great app. It's a Steve Nash basketball app. And you absolutely, if your kids like basketball at all, should get this. It's free. It goes on their phone. I've watched them do it. I don't really get it yet. But they put it up and they videotape themselves doing drills And depending on how well they do, they get points. And then they can be in competition with other people on that app. So every day, um, at least three of my four kids have been outside and I can hear the basketball bouncing on the cement in the backyard, videotaping themselves and playing this game. So there are resources out there for them to get physically fit within your home. They don't have to actually go out. Walking, running, 
doing some kind of app. And if you are blessed like I am to have a trampoline in your backyard, that thing has been a godsend during this time. My littlest, who is 10, has been on it every day for hours a day. And although she says she's running out of things to do on there, she's convinced her older siblings to join her. They have games that they play. One of them is do they take a ball on the trampoline and they try to throw the ball under each other while they're doing seat drops. And then they try to, I don't know, make each other land on it and then fly off of it. I've just told them they're not allowed to get hurt because I can't take them to the hospital. So they have to be safe. (laughs) But they're playing all of these games. They're coming up with all of these things. And my older kids are coming in from jumping on the trampoline going, oh my God, mom, that was the best workout I've ever had. So there are ways that we can do this. I'm doing a daily fitness video. I'm going live on Instagram and Facebook every day. I've been doing it now for five days in a row. And my kids can join me. Not all of them want to join me, obviously. But my littlest one, sometimes she joins me. So even though I'm not necessarily impacting my family with that, I'm making sure I do my workout once a day and being accountable online and using social media to help me. And hopefully I'm motivating and inspiring other people who follow me to do the same. Because if moms and dads are healthy and their brain is feeling good, they're going to be better parents to their kids in their own houses and have more patience and all of that. And the kids that are working out with me daily as well, they're going to be healthier and happier and be able to get through this. This whole being trapped in our homes, and again, if you think of it that way, that being trapped rather than having this new challenge of trying to find ways to stay active in your own house, I really am a bit stressed and worried about the mental health of all of these athletes that I coach and all of these kids out there. Not everyone is able to handle this. Not all of you are able to handle this really well. This, for many of you, is causing you um, some spiraling down into depression, some anxiety, and you can't necessarily go to your doctor. You can't necessarily find the resources that you would normally maybe go to. So maybe you're turning to drinking. The amount of people I see on social media joking, maybe not joking, about how much alcohol they're drinking through this time. I saw somewhere that liquor stores are deemed an essential service, and I was a bit, hmm, Okay, that's an interesting essential service. Let's just get everybody (laughs) to use that as a crutch to get through it. I think there's better ways to deal with stress because alcohol and drinking and getting drunk and having a hangover the next day is, again, a negative spiral that you're just every day going to have to climb up and out of in order to move on to your next day. So rather than using that, let's use fitness to get us the same kind of stress relief but make us feel better at the other end of it. So that's my little soapbox about the alcohol and watching how much we're drinking as we get through this time. Because you're also role modeling to your kids how you deal with stress and then you're sending that message to your kids. Remember, now they're around you more than they've ever been. And so they're looking to see how you handle stress, how you and your husband or your partner handle fighting All of that, it's right there in front of them 24 hours a day. So be mindful of that. Be careful about that. Think about your choices. I kind of went off tangent here, but number two, again, what we're talking about right now is how important physical activity is going to be through these next couple of months and that we as the parents have to model it for our children and we have to insist that our kids get it in some way. 
you're going to have to be creative. You're going to have to take the soccer ball or a ball and go to the park and throw the ball around with them or into your backyard. You're going to have to give them challenges, perhaps. You're going to have to find interesting apps online like that Steve Nash basketball one. I'm sure there are many, many more out there. Everybody is sharing resources right now to help get kids active and healthy and keeping them positive throughout all of this. Okay, and my third part of this is food. Food is a touchy subject during this whole pandemic because, number one, grocery stores are a bit of a mess. People are hoarding food, hoarding toilet paper, clearing the shelves of flour and eggs and butter and cereal and beans, all kinds of crazy things. And really, it's a challenge. It's a challenge to figure out how you're going to feed your families. That's not really what I'm talking about here, though. That is a challenge of this whole chaotic world we're living in right now. And hopefully things are settling down and grocery stores are getting better at figuring out what they need and ordering the right amount of food so that we don't have these shortages. It took a while, and I have to say I'm kind of shocked that it took so long for places like Costco and drugstores and grocery stores to put limits on what people were taking out of their store. I don't know why it took so long for those big retailers to say, hey, you don't need 16 boxes of toilet paper right now. But that's a whole nother conversation. So what I'm talking about around food is when you are home all day long, and this is actually something that my daughter was talking to me about, is it's really, really easy to snack all day long, especially if your children are old enough to make their own food. If you have little ones, then obviously, yes, you have much more control over their mealtimes. But something that happens as your kids get older is you don't pay attention to that so much anymore, especially if you're a lazy parent like me. You want them taking care of their own food. I don't make breakfast. I don't make lunches. And I make my hello fresh dinners three times a week. But even then, I try to get my son to make as many of those as I can. So meals is something that is a weakness in my family. I'll be honest with you. I hate to cook. I don't do it very often. I don't like the grocery stores. I get the best intentions and go buy all this food and then the food rots in my fridge. So I'm not the best person to talk to about meal prep and meal planning. I use HelloFresh so I know that my family is getting three good meals a week. (laughs) And other than that, I expect my kids to sort of take care of themselves. But with that... One of the challenges is when they're home all day, the ability for them to snack all day long and how that is not a healthy way to eat because what's happening when you snack all day long is that your sugar levels are going up and down and up and down and up and down all day long. And usually those snacks are not good foods, right? Let's be honest. Those snacks are probably high in sugar, high in carbohydrates, granola bars, fruit, even if it's fruit, it's still sugar. So whatever they're eating is likely not helping with their moods. Again, what am I trying to get at with all of these things? I'm trying to get at ways to help keep your kids as happy as possible and you as happy as possible. And that goes from building our bodies from the inside out. We have to be feeling good. Our bodies have to feel good so that our minds can feel good so that we can tackle the things that we have to tackle on a daily basis with a clear head, a clear mind, and a positive attitude. So food is really going to be a challenge over these next 
couple of months. Unless you are a rock star and then I bow down to you. If you are that mom who is cooking breakfast for your whole family right now because you can and you love it and then you're cooking the lunch for your whole family and sitting down around the dinner table and then you're having a dinner with everybody sitting down and having dinner together. I bow down to you. That is amazing. But like I talked about, I'm not going to compare my family to your family because that's just going to make me feel bad about myself. And that is not what this is about. We each are different. We each run our families in different ways that work for us. So if you are more like me and your children have more free reign of the fridge and of the food in the house, then I think you need to be careful, like I need to be careful, about watching how often they're eating throughout the day. And that this is a great opportunity for me to be making sure that I'm suggesting and I'm keeping an eye on, are they eating a full breakfast? Are they eating lunch? Are they eating dinner? And are they having minimal snacks in between there? And then are they getting their exercise and their other parts of their day to make them feel good? That's important. So whether or not you cook all those meals and you manage that beautifully and you love to do it and you're like thanking the Lord up above that you have all this free time to make these meals that you have always wanted to make or bake all this food or have these desserts every day, like then you are in your element and your kids are probably loving you right now and loving this time. But if you're on the other end of the spectrum and more like me, then I think you need to be really, really careful about how you manage these next couple of months with food, with their mental state, with their physical health, to make sure that they're eating at the appropriate times and not snacking all of the time. Okay, number four is this idea around technology and judging yourself about how much time your kids are spending on their phones or on their video games or on their devices, whatever those are. Now, I get it. Yes, when they're at school, we know that they're not on their devices. And so now that they're home and awake for, what, 16 hours a day in your house, yes, there is going to be an increase in how much they're using their devices. That is to be expected. And this is where, again, I'm going to come back to the main theme of this whole podcast is be careful about judging yourself against others and be careful about putting really strict rules onto yourself and making yourself feel bad. Now, having said that, the other part of this podcast is about knowing in spite of that, there are healthy limits and unhealthy limits to things. And that goes for technology as well. So if you're still on spring break, like my kids are, they're probably going to be using their devices more than normal. Because they're home all day, they're going to be using their devices more than normal. Their device is now their only way to connect with the outside world outside of your house, whether it's through TV, whether it's through Google Hangouts, whether it's through Snapchat, Instagram, TikTok, whatever it is, the only way your kids have of connecting with people outside of their immediate family, the people who are living in your home, is through technology. So they're going to be on their phones and using technology more than they normally would. And I think that that is okay. I think that that is a coping mechanism to get through these next couple of months. However, if the use of their technology is causing them to spend hours and hours secluded in their bedroom, causing them to be moody, 
causing them to be detached from the family unit, causing them to be snippy or quick to anger with their family members. If you see them becoming more depressed or you can tell that they're being surrounded by that negativity or that dark cloud that I was talking about earlier, then you absolutely have to step in and make changes. Use of technology is okay as long as they're healthy, happy, contributing members of your family, joyful to be around, that they're connecting with their siblings, they're connecting with you, that all of those pieces are falling into place. If they aren't, then I'm going to urge you to look at their use of technology and perhaps looking at ways of how you can roll back how much access they have. I've talked about this on many of my podcasts, but the number one way to do that is insist that they can't use their phone or technology in their bedrooms. I post photos all the time of my kids, all of us in the living room together. We're all on our devices, but you know what? We're all together. And just by being in the same room, by having proximity to each other, we're going to interact more often. We're going to put our phones down more often to talk to each other. I'm going to say something out loud to them and engage them in a conversation. If they're locked up in their room for hours on end, that isn't going to happen. There's no way that that can happen. And then you're going to be yelling up to them something and they're not going to respond because you've interrupted them in whatever it is that they're doing. That's going to cause stress, anger, resentment, all of those pieces that we're trying to avoid. So, Yes, give yourself some grace, give yourself some permission for your kids to be on their devices more because it is the way that they're going to learn as schools are changing learning for the next few months. It is the way they're going to connect with their friends. It is the way that they're going to maybe be creative like me with their TikToks. It is the way they're going to connect with the world outside of your house. But be careful that their moods, their mental health, their physical health aren't suffering because of it. Okay, and number five, the last thing I want to talk about is school. What is school going to look like? I see so many memes and posts on social media about parents fretting and freaking out about this idea of homeschooling their child. It's funny because I even see homeschooling parents writing memes and complaining about the time that they have right now with their children homeschooling and having our kids home all day long are not the same thing. If you ask any homeschool parent, they do not spend six to eight hours with their child taking them through lessons. That's not how homeschooling works. And that's not what we're being asked to do. There has been very little guidance yet, very little information about what school is going to look like as we navigate the next couple of months. But I can tell you there are thousands and thousands of teachers out there who want their job back who want to go back into their classroom, whose mission, reason, why they became a teacher is because they care about kids. They probably are so worried about their at-risk kids. You know, if I think about it and I think about all of those kids who right now are in really bad homes, who are dying to go back to school and now can't go back to school, those kids that are, you know, having physical abuse or not eating properly or are in a home that's cold, like, I can go into such a deep, dark place if I let my brain go to those negative parts of what this virus is causing and how these kids are handling this right now. And I just hope that they're okay. 
that's scary. And I know that there are teachers out there who know who those kids are and they are freaking out and scared and sad and not sure how to help those kids and wish that they could be back in the classroom and have those kids with them for eight hours a day because then they know that those kids are safe. So as we navigate these next few months, we all have to keep in mind that teachers teach because they love kids. They care about kids. They want to make a difference in children's lives. And most teachers do. Most teachers are amazing people. And so if we can hold on to that and know that when these, when this settles down and when there's more direction from the top about how we can make this work without putting our children at risk from being in schools when this virus is still lurking out there, then we'll be able to better navigate what the expectations are that schools have on us as parents to help that happen, to help our kids get through the end of the school year. But until we have that guidance, until we know more, there's no point in fretting and freaking out and worrying about this. So my fifth point to all of you parents, as we navigate these next couple of months, actually just these next couple of weeks, Let the dust settle. Let the educators figure out what school is going to look like for the next couple of months, but give them some time to figure that out. This is uncharted territory. And if our kids don't do any schoolwork for the next couple of weeks, they're not going to be that worse for wear. They're going to be fine. Heck, they take all summer off and they're usually okay. If your child has some learning disabilities or is behind in some subjects, then this might be a great opportunity if you're so inclined and you have the ability to help give them some resources that might allow them to catch up a little bit. There are so many great educational websites, programs, and they're all free right now as well because people are wanting to help. Remember, there are the people who are the light out there. There are the people who want to help There are the companies that are trying to do good. So find those resources and then maybe, you know, approach it in a way that keeps your child excited and happy. As a former teacher, just be careful that you don't make school this tedious, horrible thing. For reading especially, this was something that I had to learn with my second who was in French immersion. All my kids have done French immersion. And I remember dicte. If you are a French immersion parent, that word either makes you happy because your kid did it easy and it was no problem. I had a couple kids like that. Or you had a child like mine and dicte, those words strike fear into me because those were the worst things we ever had to do was trying to memorize dicte and spelling. And oh, it's just this dark, dark, dark part of my child's elementary school that we try to forget now that he's on the other side and in grade 11 now. So remember, try to make school fun, find things that they're interested in. But now could be a great time that if your child is a little bit behind in math or reading or writing to find a fun and creative way to engage them in those things. But don't put any pressure on yourself to be an at-home full-time teacher. That's not what you're being asked to do. And until we hear more from the powers that be, just try to let that go and make it through and enjoy the next couple of weeks until we have more guidance on that. So that's tip number five. I hope you found these five revelations or tips or things that have come to me over the last week helpful for you and your family. 
I am loving doing this podcast. This is now episode 16, which means I've been doing this for four months and I haven't missed a week. And of that, I am super proud. I love sharing with all of you. I love hearing from all of you the most. So if you can, please do send me a message on the Anchor website. You can send me a voicemail even on Apple Podcasts. You can leave a review. You can just send me an email. I love hearing from my community. I love hearing from all of you in the Lazy Parenting community. So please reach out to me and share the things that resonate with you. I would love to do a Q&A episode. So if you have any questions that you would like me to answer, I would love to do that. So please be sure to do that. And I hope everybody is staying safe and healthy in the self-isolation world that we are living in right now. And God bless you all. I love you. And thanks so much. Thank you so much for your support of the Lazy Parenting Podcast over the past few months. I love getting the notes and the messages from people who this message of Lazy Parenting is really resonating with. You are my people. You are my crew. We are the Lazy Parents. If you are loving this podcast, please, I would so appreciate one ask from you. And that is that you are subscribed on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. And my second ask is that you please go and leave a review. It is the reviews that get my podcast ranked higher in Apple Podcasts. And the only reason why I want to rank higher is because then more people will find this little podcast that got started from a mom of four, a teacher, a businesswoman, trying to share her ideas around how to treat our children with respect and how to raise them so that we as parents can just sit back and let them go when they leave the nest. So take a snapshot of today's episode and share it on social media. Share the love that you have with those around you. The way moms are going to find this podcast, the way parents are going to find this podcast is by you letting them know that it exists and that you are finding it valuable. So once again, thank you so much and I hope you guys have an amazing day.